Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after KU defeated UNC Greensboro 74 to 62. And for as positive of a second half performance as that was for KU, I think the injury to Jalen Wilson probably overshadows everything that transpired uh, Friday night. Um, for those that don't know, Jalen Wilson fractured his left ankle um, and is out for. Uh, at least three months, according to Bill Selfer. Sorry, he said he expects to be around a three-month injury. Um, on the radio broadcast, he said at the soonest would be ten weeks. Uh, and Jalen Wilson is going to be out now for you know a, a substantial period of time, and that's a big deal for KU. I think today we'll focus mostly with the podcast on uh, on Jalen Wilson's injury, what it means for KU guys that are going to have to step up in his absence. And what this means for KU going small, because uh, I think KU did look good in its small ball lineups tonight against a UNC Greensboro team that did play small. Their four-man, uh, Kyron Galloway, shot 40-something percent from three last year, so they were a small team, and KU matched them small ball lineup-wise. Um, but just in general, first of all, you feel bad for Jalen Wilson. It, it is not, you know, you think about the way this season has started for him. Uh, you play against Duke. He only played a handful of minutes, less than five, I want to say. And then it, he was the third freshman off the bench. Christian Brown and Tristan Anaruna were both put in by Bill Self before Jalen Wilson. Um, so already, you know, the signs were not positive for Jalen Wilson. Now, of course, we've seen people not necessarily get a lot of run early on in the season and then earn their place, you know, as we get into December and January and Big 12 play. But the early signs were not positive uh, for Jalen Wilson, but you just have to feel bad for the kid. Um, anytime you have an injury like this where it takes up you know, a substantial part of the season, you've got a tough decision to make now. And this is something that Bill Self talked about postgame, was that you know it's kind of a question now of, are, do you redshirt Jalen Wilson when he comes back? Uh, and as of right now, the three-month timetable would have him back in early January, uh, and, or sorry, late January, early February for three months. If it's 10 weeks, it'd be middle to early January. Uh, so basically, you're expecting Jalen Wilson to come back about a third of the way through Big 12 play, closer to halfway through. So the question is, do you redshirt Jalen Wilson? Uh, my answer would be probably no, because if you take into account uh, a myriad of things. First of all, just Jalen Wilson as a basketball player and what his own aspirations are and everything that it sounds like. And from talking to him, it, it does sound like he sees himself as an NBA player and not someone that's going to be at a university for four years. So you take that into account and you say, okay, so if Jalen Wilson's not going to be here for all four years, we don't do not anticipate him being here for all four years why redshirt him? I think that's a fair point because with this team right now, you would say that their, their biggest strength would be their depth with Jalen Wilson. There would be, would be depth and the ability to mix and match based on matchups. Now, if you say, Hey, you know, well, when Jalen Wilson gets back, he's not necessarily going to have had a lot of time to adapt. It'd be similar to, it'd be similar and not similar at all to Ochai Baji's situation last year where Ochai sits out all of non-conference play and then comes in in like the second or third uh, Big 12 game, I want to say, against TCU. 
But at that point, you know, you're already kind of getting into Big 12 play. He's not played a bunch and he's got to adapt. Now he was practicing and it's very different to be practicing with the team every day and to be sitting out injured and then all of a sudden having to come back and reincorporate yourself into the team. So it is a tough decision. And I would say that you probably wouldn't want to redshirt him because when he gets back, yes, it may take him a little bit to get adapted to playing for KU. Cause again, it would be his third game playing as a Kansas player when he gets back. So it may, you know, if you do not redshirt him, it may be a slow start for him. You know, maybe he doesn't look as good as you would have wanted him to in mid, you know, mid February, late February, but in March, I think he could be someone that maybe can come up with a couple big plays if you give him the opportunity to. The talent is there. It's just a question of right now, you know, does he understand his role in the offense, his role on defense, just adapting to college basketball and what Bill Self demands from his players? Because Bill Self is a demanding coach. And for someone like Wilson, who is kind of a tweener, 3 4, you, you know, you want to play him at the three with two bigs that. You know, that might get a little clogged down in the lane if, you know, Jalen Wilson isn't necessarily known as a, a sharp shooting wing. So then you think you play him at the small ball four, uh, and, and that works for KU if they're playing small. But that also takes time to get used to playing in those small ball lineups if that's what fits him. So a really tough decision for, for him going forward. And for KU now, you know, yes, you do get Isaiah Moss back, and that was awesome to see him on the court uh, today. And I think that's really good for KU fans you know, even if he didn't look a hundred percent, which he didn't, um, I was sitting courtside for the game. And one of the first plays that they did was a little just floppy pin down form. And you saw him trying to accelerate, uh, to get that separation before the screen. And you could just tell that there was not, there was something that was wrong. Like you could tell it was not just a natural, like, boom, you're like explosive, like zero to a hundred. I'm getting away from my man, but you could tell that it was a little bit of a taking a step. Oh, okay. We're good. And then we're going to explode. You know, there's a little bit of a hesitancy there from Isaiah Moss on that first play. And that's something that will take a little bit of time for him to work through. But you also saw that he has that sharp shooting ability. Um, he made two threes. He probably should have made three, but his foot was on the line for one of them. That's our first casualty from the new, uh, three-point distance this year, the first time I think a KU players had their foot on the... Oh, never mind, actually. Ochai had that uh, at the Champions Classic on Tuesday. Forgot about that. But for Isaiah Moss, I think it's really positive for KU fans to see him out there because on Tuesday, uh, when we talked to Bill Self, sorry, Thursday, when we talked to Bill Self, he, he kind of made it sound like, hey, he may not play on Friday, and we may just save him for next Friday. Um, so that if something does happen, he does have a setback, he's not, you know, kind of screwed for then the next, you know, you know, month maybe of trying to recover from this hamstring injury. Cause this has hampered him since before late night in the fog. So this is something that for him is it's been lingering and been trying to work through it. So for him to have a setback would have been really bad for KU, especially with the GM Wilson injury. So for him to go out there and play his 20 something minutes that he did, I think that that is a big deal for KU going forward because what he offers you on the offensive end is spacing. And that's what we've seen that this KU team does need, especially if they're going to use the two big looks and even more so if they're going to use the one big looks with Yudok Azebuke or Silvio De Sosa down low or David McCormick too. Uh, you know, you think about those two big looks and what we saw against Duke when Isaiah Moss wasn't there. You know, when you have Ochai and Marcus and Devon, 
you know, those are three guys that can make three pointers, but if you had to bet your life on it, you know, you wouldn't want to pick those three guys. You'd pick an Isaiah Moss, you know, a guy that is just a pure shooter. So for them to get, you know, him back into the lineup is really important. And even if you are going to miss Jalen Wilson, having him, you know, being able to add more of that floor spacing element on the offensive end is really big. Because what you saw tonight was early on, you know, KU went to the too big look for the first something like four and a half minutes of the game. I, I wrote it in the story, uh, focused mostly on the small ball aspect of how KU played today. Uh, but Bill Self started off at the two bigs and they decided to go away from it uh, a couple minutes in. And at that point, Doak hadn't had a shot attempt yet. He had been fouled on on one uh, and he airballed the free throw and missed the other one. But all 10 of Doak's points came in that four guard look. And we've seen it before with Doak when the, he gets those four guards around him like he did in that 2017-2018 season with Devontae, Svee, LeGerald, Malik Newman, with those sort of guys that are creators that can make shots. Uh, you saw him flourish. And I think you could see you know, Yudoka as a bouquet flourish with the lineup of Devon Dotson, Isaiah Moss, uh, Ochai, Tristan Anaruna, those guys around him that are creative players, that are positive players on the offensive end, uh, that will take the attention of the defense away from Doak in the center of it. So I think for KU getting Isaiah Moss back and having him work through and get back to being healthy, really important because you, at this point, you can't afford another injury. Um, you know, Bill Self was asked if he would consider not redshirting Mitch anymore. And his answer was pretty simple. No, because Mitch is a five. And then guess what? Now we have four or five men instead of three, five men, and we need more wings. So, you know, you are a little behind the eight ball there then because you can't make any other moves now. Um, you know, Daywan Harris is uh, redshirting this year. He's not going to be able to play for you. You lost Isaac McBride before this season. You know Those are two scholarships, and now you lost Jalen Wilson. So you already lost three scholarships right there of guys that aren't going to be able to play for you for this first portion of the season. So KU is going to be a little hampered you know, in these first couple games. And when they go to Maui, I'm really excited to see what Bill Self does when KU goes to Maui because that's going to be really important because those are you know a string of games really close together. And if KU does end up playing small a lot – I'll be really interested to see how Christian Brown plays at the end of that tournament when you start getting to the tougher competition, but you've been playing so many games and so many days that it does impact you. So there's a lot to look forward to and a lot that now all of a sudden becomes super intriguing for this team going through the next month and a half, two months until we get into Big 12 play. Um, instead of just working you know, through the kinks of the two bigs and the four-guard lineup, now you've got to work through all those, but with less dudes. And that's a big deal, especially if a Christian Brown comes out um, and looks a little off the pace like he has these first two games. Then all of a sudden you're looking at basically Isaiah Moss and Tristan Anaruna coming off the bench. And I'm as high as anyone on Tristan Anaruna, but I don't know if you want him playing 25 minutes a game or 25, 30 minutes even as a true freshman. He's someone I feel like if you're playing Tristan Anaruna, you know, about that, that 15 to 20 minute range, you know, higher, you know, the higher end being 20 minutes, I think that's where you want to be instead of having him play, you know, that 30 minutes where then maybe the efficiency drops for him and maybe he's not able to do as much on the offensive end. And for Isaiah Moss, you know, with this hamstring injury, it's going to be really interesting to see if KU, you know, if Brown shows that he can't, 
stay on the floor defensively or offensively. He's just not doing what Bill Self wants. Let's say Anaruna gets in some foul trouble. All of a sudden, you may have to rely on Isaiah Moss for a good 30 minutes. And, you know, next Friday, let, let's just theoretically say next Friday that all this happens. Do you want Moss playing 30 minutes on a hamstring that's kind of just getting back to being closer to 100%? I don't think you want that. So you're kind of in a tough position now where you basically have to pick your poison of saying, all right, if we're going to do our four guard lineups, we've got to make sure that we're not fouling and that we're, you know, we're staying, we're able to stay on the court so that we don't have to all of a sudden against a smaller team roll out Doak and Silvio or Doak and Dave, where we've seen how clogged things can get and how slow the offense can, can operate sometimes with those two bigs in there. Uh, So there's a lot that all of a sudden kind of hinges on, you know, the ability of, of Christian Brown to stay on the court because he's now all of a sudden the key um, to this KU team in terms of the small ball lineups that it sounds like KU is going to try and do, even if they are going to start with two bigs to start the game uh, for this foreseeable future. Um, on top of that, I thought Devon Dotson was pretty good tonight. Um, after that turnover game where he had, you know, six turnovers and I think it was one assist, I want to say, or one or two, he comes out tonight and gets six assists and only turns the ball over once. And the turnover came with about a minute and a half left in the game. So when it mattered most, you know, he was, you know, in those tough moments in the first half when it was close and, you know, a a tie game and a, a two score game, you know, Devon Dotson was playing really well. And I thought that, you know, creating for others, I thought he did really well. I thought that movement wise uh, and decision-making wise, he was a lot better than he was against Duke. So this is the Devon Dotson performance that I think people expected to see against Duke, but for him to have it, you know, regardless, he's not off to a slow start to the season. It does look like that Duke game was maybe a little bit of a one-off, but we should see, you know, if he all of a sudden struggles with the decision-making aspect of his game again, like we saw a little bit last season, then maybe you come back and say, okay, hold on a second. Maybe this was the outlier game instead of the Duke game being the outlier. But for KU to go far in March, Devon Dotson has to have performances like this, where he's not turning the ball over, where he's shooting it you know, at a pretty good clip, um, but also really just getting to the free-throw line. That's the biggest thing. If Devon Dotson can get you to the free-throw line, can get you seven, six or seven attempts, uh, at the free throw line, he's going to turn that into five or six points on top of his shooting. And if he can just shoot, you know, a, a 50% from the field or a 48% from the field and about a 35 to 38% from three, I think you'd be pretty happy with that as a KU fan this season, especially if Devon Dotson is, you know, as a leader taking those steps in the right direction. And that's all the time we have for today. As always, thank you for tuning in to the Fog.net podcast. You can always find great KU content on Fog.net. I've got my post-game story up about the four-guard lineup, where KU goes from here. Scott wrote about, about the Jalen Wilson injury, and he's also got his who stood out and who didn't um, coming in the next couple days, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll have football coming back this week. Uh, Les Miles press conference on Monday. KU plays Oklahoma State next Saturday. And with that said, we'll talk to you next week.